The Bible says very clearly that Jesus went to declare, not just proclaim the gospel because we know that there's only one time and one way you get saved, and that's now. Once we go into eternity, it's too late. Jesus went in to declare and to the spirits in prison, whether some refer to as Hades, Gehenna, Tardidus, and all those are biblical original names for the place of Sheol, the place we call, Jesus called, hell. You could look at it and say, man, wasn't that interesting that he walks into the very place where people rejected him and denied him, where the angels had fallen out of heaven and demons, and and they all got to see that Jesus was real. Now, I personally theologically believe that he also emptied paradise at that time where were the Old Testament saints. But an interesting time, the third was when Mary came to the side of the tomb and Jesus looked at Mary and said, don't touch me, for I have yet to ascend to the Father. Now, we know that Jesus was here on those 40 days, but Hebrews 9 gives us a little insight that Jesus went on and sealed the deal you ever wondered why we had the Old Testament sacrifices and you ever wondered why the blood was such a big deal? Well, if you read Hebrews chapter 9, you read it, you'll see that Jesus went into the Holy of Holies in heaven and he sealed eternally your sins and mine. Now, those are good things. And, and I know that the resurrection is the reason we celebrate because if Jesus did not, if he didn't rise, then we'd all be doomed. But, you know, if I could lay out this stage, I'd move this cross to the center. And on each side, we would have two additional crosses because, you see, those two additional crosses represent you and I. Today, the, the, the title of the subject is, Which Side Are You On? You see, you can't go out of here today, even if you leave before I start, you've already made your decision. You that are here today have already decided on which side you're on. You know, when I I coach a softball team down on our rec lead, and and I know there's guys in here who want to beat me just as bad as I want to beat them, but I really don't tell the kids, and I don't put put that much emphasis on it because I don't want to put that kind of stress on them, but I want to beat them bad inside. You know what I mean? I hate to lose. But some of you are on the losing side today. And then there are those of you, you'll find that you're on the winning side. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke 23, verse 32. The Scriptures say two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with Jesus. Finally, they came to the place called the skull. <clears throat> All three were crucified there, Jesus on the center cross, and the two criminals, the two thieves, on each side. Jesus said, Father, forgive these people because they don't know why or what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leaders laughed and scoffed and They said, he saved others. They said, save himself 
If he's really God's chosen Messiah, then let him come down off that cross and save us as well. The soldiers mocked him by offering him a drink of sour wine. And they called out to him, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Verse 38, a signboard was nailed to the cross above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals in verse 39 says, hanging beside him, scoffed, made fun of him. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. While you're at it, bring us down as well. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you're dying? We deserve to die for our evil deeds, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me, Lord, in paradise. And Jesus said to him immediately, today you will be with me in paradise. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is the cross, the old rugged cross. The empty tomb may be the foundation, and it is of Christianity, but the cross is the focus of our Christianity. When we think of the place called Calvary, we think of a hill in our minds far away. We think about a place of such horrific judgment. We think of a place where people died for what they had done wrong. You see, that day, three crosses existed. One in the middle was the cross of redemption. The second cross was the cross of reception, and then there was the cross of rejection. Someone observed that Jesus did not die in a cathedral between two candles. He died on a cross between two thieves. Isn't that interesting? One day, long ago, when the father was thinking about how everything was going to happen, and not only through his foreknowledge, but he realized that there would be a meeting between the Savior and two criminals. Between two criminals, they would meet their Savior. As we think about that today, I want you to think just for a moment, because the disciples, as they were, the Bible declares there were 12, but 11 of them was on one side, and one was on the other. The 11 disciples, even though they weren't perfect, They made some horrific decisions. Judas, the Bible tells us, was a man, and I read John 17, 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that gavest me I kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition. Who is the son of perdition? He's referred to to two people in the Bible. One was Judas, and second of all was the Antichrist. Judas was one who sold Jesus out. You say, but now, Mike, have you read your Bible? I said, yeah. Have you read Matthew 27, verse 3, that says, Then Judas, which had betrayed Jesus, he saw he was condemned, repented himself, 
and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders, saying, I have sinned in that I've betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You say, Mike, see there, Judas did go. Oh, you're missing something. Now, I loved when Tristan got up and gave all those Greek words, you know, for love not too long ago. Made him look smart, didn't he? Well, I thought he was smart, and he is smart. But you know what I realized? When you go and you look up the word repented in Matthew 27 that I just read, it doesn't mean the same repentance that you and I come to Christ on. That Greek word means of a changed mind, of a changed heart. While Judas felt sorry, Judas felt regretful, He felt bad what he did. He truly, genuinely did not repent. The same repentance that Jesus looked at Peter and said, Yep, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. But when you repent, and what do we find? Where do we find Peter in the book of Acts? Preaching. 3,000 people come to know the Lord. What happened to Judas after he felt bad at what he did? The Bible says he went out and hung himself. Now, uh, Judas did not go to hell Or he wasn't punished because he killed himself. He was punished because he didn't repent. Now, there are people in here, as I said, there's some of you on the side of redemption, and there's some of you on the side or repentance, or some of you on the side of rejection. I wish that I had the power. I wish that I had the unction, and I I could just take and... And, and like some faith healers, I say, they just throw their coat over somebody and there's a change. Unfortunately, when it comes to salvation, I can't do that for you. And the Bible even limits the Trinity against that. That the Trinity, the Holy Spirit will come and it will draw you, but it can't make you decide on what side of the cross to be on. One day you're going to die. One day you're going to lay these bodies down. And I just want you to know when you do that decision, at that moment you will have made. Now my question to you is, what side of the cross are you on? You see, Jesus was the cross of redemption. And we find him... Not as a hopeless sinner. It's not an accident that Jesus ended up on the middle of the cross. It was an appointment. Isaiah 53 verse 12 says this. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And he made the intercession for the transgressors. Colossians chapter 2, 13 to 17 says that Jesus took your sin and went straight to the cross and nailed it to the cross. He took every record that was against you eternally and forgave it on the cross of redemption. My friend, only Jesus, God Almighty, could do that. Three crosses on Calvary's hill, surrounded by a mob. Two crosses bore two dying thieves. 
and one was the Lamb of God. Two crosses bore two dying thieves who justly suffered shame. The one cross bore God's sacrifice, the lamb of the sinner's slain. One thief received the dying lamb, repented of his sin. The other thief refused to hear and did not enter in. One little boy who thought he was pretty smart, and some of you may feel like you're smarter than the average bear, decided that he heard that his neighbor, who was so wise, that he was going to show him he was wiser. So what that little boy decided to do was to go next door, and he caught this little bird, and he was going to hold that little bird in his hand and ask the question to supposedly one of the wisest men where he lived, is this bird alive or is it dead? The little boy said, if that man says that bird is alive, then he's going to open his hands and the bird will fly. But he said, if he says that bird is dead, he'll do the opposite. I just messed that up. But it was the opposite of both what he said. He looked at the man and he said, sir, is this bird alive or is it dead? And the man with such wisdom looked at the little boy and said, Son, it's all up to you. You see, Jesus done everything that he possibly could to see to it that when you lay this body down, that you'll be with him in glory. It was never his intention. I do not believe that hell was created for those who would reject Jesus. But because there are those who do, That is exactly where you and I'll go and spend eternity with all of the angels who who rebelled and all of the demons that are chained up. We will spend our lives there forever. We see, second of all, the cross of repentance. Look at verse 40, Luke 23. Don't you fear God, he said, even when you're dying? When When we deserve to die for our evil deeds, but this man hadn't done anything wrong. Then Jesus said, remember when you come in your kingdom, Lord. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He died so that you and I could be saved. You say, Mike, is that the only reason Jesus died just so you and I could be saved and go to heaven? Well, no, but that is a good reason, right? If you go over one day and I encourage you to do so, take your Bible in the red letter. I love that song, Red Letter, didn't you? That was a cool song. Well, go on the red letter version of Luke 16 and read just how dramatic, dramatic it was for the rich man who died, and he ended up in a place called hell. John Newton wrote, I saw one hanging on a tree in agonies and blood, who fixed his languid eyes on me as as near his cross I stood. Sure, never to, to to my latest breath can I forget that look. 
He seemed to charge me with his death, though not a word was spoke. My conscience felt alone, my guilt alone, my guilt, and plunged me into despair. I saw my sins, his blood had spilt, and he helped and helped to nail him there. A second look he gave, which said, I freely all forgive. My blood is for the ransom paid. I die that thou mayest live. One simply prayed, Lord, remember me when thou come into thy kingdom. He was a thief. He was a murderer. He wasn't even a churchgoer. Maybe he was like me when I came up. I, my, my dad and mom, my mom made it every once in a while. We, we, we knew what was called a Sunday school. <laughs> we didn't know much about church coming up. And many of you followed that same pattern. But don't you miss this truth. You leave this earth. You lay your body down. And you don't receive Jesus Christ, the cross of repentance. And you'll be for eternally sad, sickened, and in turmoil and torment. There was a, a young girl... <clears throat> and her mother had terrible hands. They just looked scarred, and they looked hideous. And, and when she got, as she got older, her, her mother would take her to school, and, and all of a sudden she started getting embarrassed because her mom's hands looked so bad. And she'd say, Mom, I tell you what, just, just stay in the car. Don't walk me to the door anymore. So finally one day, the little girl said, Mama, I, I got to ask you a question. Why does your hands look so bad? She said, Hun, one day I was out hanging clothes on the clothesline. Now, some of you girl, ladies don't know what a clothesline is. It's not what you hang yourself with. It's put clothes on it. And I know you don't know what clothespins possibly are, but, but many of these ladies, as they teach the younger ladies about it, you, you'll learn if you'll listen. Anyway. She said, I turned back, and I looked at the house, and the house was engulfed in flames. The only thought was to go and get you from that crib. And I, when I went in and grabbed you up, and when I went out of that burning ho- house, my hands were badly burned. But not a scratch was on you. All of a sudden, the little girl began to cry. And she said, Mama... Your hands are so beautiful. And she began to kiss those hands. You see, one of those 11 disciples was Thomas. Thomas was a doubter. And maybe you're having that same problem today. And you're having a struggle with the truth about Jesus. But if Jesus did what they said he did on that cross... His body was crucified. His body was so badly beaten that you wouldn't have been able to identify who it was. Not only did they pluck pluck his beard out, not only did they scourge him, which they beat him where the Bible, and, and, and historically your innards would begin to hang out your back. Then they would make him 
or make them carry their own state to the cross if they were able. And then nail them to the cross with, with iron nails and nailed his feet. I like it when Jesus, after the resurrection, went to Thomas and said, Thomas, come here a minute. Look at this. And all of a sudden, I'm almost sure Thomas began to weep. He began to cry. You are truly the Son of God. Now, many of you sit here today and you say, Mike, all this sounds just great. It all sounds wonderful, but I struggle in my belief. Ladies and gentlemen, one day you'll not struggle anymore. One day you'll stand either on the side before Jesus and you will kneel according to Philippians 2.10. Every tongue will confess and every knee will shall bow. So whether you're in hell or whether you're in heaven, you're going to see the proclamation of what he did for you and me. The third cross is the cross of rejection. Verse 38, one of the criminals hanging beside Jesus scoffed and said, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saying yourselves and us. Why, uh, and while you're at it, not only save yourself, but save us. In verse thirty. Four, it says, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Verse 35, he had cried for something to, to drink and on him, and they served him a sour, rotten wine. Another form of scoffing. My wife said something kind of strange yesterday because I wasn't paying attention. And that's pretty much the way I live my life sometimes. I don't pay attention. She said, have you noticed that there's not that, or at least on direct TV menu, that it's getting less and less each year about the stories of Jesus. And I said, well, let me, and I'm thinking about this, and I thought about a, a, a statement I'm making this message. Have you not noticed how more wicked our world's getting? Have you not noticed how evil it is Around us? Do you have to be told that we live in a wicked world? And an evil. I, you know, when I was a kid, I'd probably ask you, what, what did you mean? In Matthew 26, verse 53, it says, Don't you realize that Jesus said, I could have called my, to my father, and thousands of angels would have come to my rescue? Don't you know that? Don't you know that? I gave my life up. Nobody killed me. I took my own life for you. I mean, I could have called out heaven. 10,000 angels would have showed up. But then he went on to say, but if I did, how would the scriptures have been fulfilled that we know about him coming for you? And for me, you might fit the story, hopefully not now, but there was a young man in closing that loved to party, in case you know what that, that's not a birthday cake with candles, 
Now blow them out. That's not the kind of party he's talking about. He's talking about kind of the party that many of you, hopefully you don't do it now. I heard Josh say earlier, be careful where you wear those solid rock shirts. I used to think, we used to sell bumper, not bumper stickers. Well, maybe we did. But I know we used to have tags. And when I would hand those out, I prayed, dear God, when they sell their car, Lord, let them take that tag off. Because you see, I get the call. One of your solid rock Baptist church tags is down at the local liquor store right now. I, I wanted to say, all you got to do is sit around worrying about stuff like that. But nonetheless, this boy, his mama was very faithful sharing Jesus. And every time he'd say, Mom, I'm going out, she would put a track for them to read. And one night, he just had enough. He said, Mama, I'm getting sick and tired of you giving me these gospel tracts about Jesus. Is there not some place that I can go where there won't be people witnessing to me or praying for me or telling me that Jesus loves me? She looked at him with a quivering lip, and she said, Yes, sir, son. In hell, nobody will ever give you a track. Nobody will ever worry about praying for you. And you'll probably not hear the gospel in hell. And I say this with all my heart and with love in my heart. Don't wait. If that's your decision, the cross of rejection, don't dare wait until it's eternally too late. I can't make you get saved, but I'd sure love to be able to, but that's not my job. You have a choice to make. And that choice is going to be one or the other. Redemption, salvation, justification, adoption, all those that describe what Jesus did for you. Or, like Judas, you totally outright reject him. And you'll be spending eternity with Judas.